Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast by two people who totally know what they're doing. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Yo, we're so deep into this now, we sort of know. Yeah, we've got a rough idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, (laughs) I sound convinced, right? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So here we are, season two, episode three, School Hard, original air date, September 29th, 1997. They should have just called this episode, This One Has Spike In It, because that's all I care about. (laughs) We start off with a sweet outside shot of the school that Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we've never seen before. Yeah, this seemed like a new one. Yeah, I'm really worried that we won't see the old (laughs) intro shot to the school anymore. Now that you've brought it up, like, it's like they realized people were noticing. Fuck, I'm too late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or you're right on the money. Maybe. We intro with P. Sny, our favorite character, Principal <laughs> Snyder. He is great. He uh, doesn't want to put the pal in Principal. Oh! <laughs> no, he doesn't want that at all. No. <laughs> He's got the two biggest troublemakers in the school in one room. It's Sheila, someone who has stabbed a teacher, <laughs> and Buffy, <laughs> someone who cuts class. Right? And purportedly burnt down a gym. Right? Like, how are they in the same category at all? At all. Sheila also stabbed a horticulture teacher, and I'm like, yo, how good is this school? Like, we had biology, but horticulture? Essentially, it's herbology, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but this isn't Hogwarts, last I checked. (laughs) But I mean, somebody says horticulture, and I just picture mandrakes. Yeah, so uh, Sheila's bad news, we can tell because of her dark eyeshadow and (laughs) devil-may-care posture. (laughs) She is slouchy. Oh, she is slouchy. For some reason, girl who stabbed a teacher with pruning shears and Buffy are in the same category. (laughs) And for some reason, Peace Nye gets to expel one of them, but needs to choose... I love it. It's so contrived. He can only expel one of them, so he'll make them run a series of tests to see which one will remain. It's a reality show at this point. (laughs) Which I think might be how Peace and I would run his school. He really does like to force people to do things they don't want to to try to make them be engaged in the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the talent show. And now we have parent-teacher night, Uh which the two worst students in school have to organize. Does Sheila seem like she gives a fuck if she gets expelled? (laughs) Absolutely not. Like, this threat doesn't even really come up other than something else to stress out Buffy with. Pretty much. The way that Sheila and Buffy receive this information should tell him which one he needs to expel. (laughs) Yes. Buffy's like, no, no, I'll do everything, of course. And Sheila's like, whatever, man. (laughs) They leave. Sheila sees her good friend Meat Pie. (laughs) (laughs) Good friend in large quotation marks there. Because they just start sucking face immediately. Hell do you think meat pie is oh he's older than me (laughs) he's like 35 (laughs) yeah he's so old oh is that old (laughs) 
Is that? Because I'm pretty sure we know two things. 43 is not old. 240 is old. So I was going to make the point of, well, Giles isn't dating a student, but Angel is. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. All right. I take it all back. Meat pie is appropriately aged. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. Just twisting your words around. (sighs) What's Buffy's shirt like in this scene? Did you see? It's very, very, like, early 2000s, late 90s. (laughs) I owned shirts like that, Dave. (laughs) Can I try to describe it? Oh, yeah. So her shirt is, I believe, a semi-sheer fabric. Like, it's kind of see-through. And it has what I think are fake gems all over it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) You know, this was like a very popular fashion. And I don't know if you caught this, but it's probably like longer than we're used to seeing on people. We're, we're getting past the whole midriff thing. But it's, so it's, it's kind of like overly long. And then at each side, I think it had like a slit in it so that it's sort of like this weird like panel thing happening. And yeah, uh, spaghetti strap tank tops like that. Oh, yeah. So in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow has got some sweet suspenders. Very good suspenders. Like, overalls, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah, Overalls. What am I saying? Yeah, no, they're overalls. And it's funny because this episode, I really felt like they were kind of trying to, like, make her look younger again. And they did the opposite for Xander. They really did. (laughs) Willow still looks great, but Mm -hmm. a lot of her outfits in this episode, yeah, they're, they're oddly childish. Yeah. Xander does a quick, oh, nothing bad ever happens in Sunnydale, or at least it can't get any worse. <laughs> Buffy and Willow are both like, what the fuck? They're so pissed. Why would you ever say that? <laughs> at least it can't get any worse. How many times have I told you not to say that? Now something worse is going to happen. I've seen it on Happy Days. Watch in three, two, one. Abe, I'm really confused about my feelings right now. I think I just... Need some time to be alone. With JFK. Wait! At least it can't get any better! It doesn't work that way, Gandhi. <laughs> and poor Xander looks so... He didn't mean it. He, he didn't mean it, Dave. Oh, but it's perfect narrative <laughs> introduction for Spike, who rolls into town, bursting through the Sunnydale sign, showing that he is going to wreck shit up. Well, Dave, Spike is a badass, and we're afraid of him. (laughs) That's for sure the way I feel about this character at this time. Yeah, we definitely don't think of him as the cute, somewhat charming, (laughs) crazy neighbor next door. Nope, not at all. I will give him that he looks... He does look pretty creepy in uh, Vamp Face. I think because his face is so angular. Mm Mm-hmm. He's looking real good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. He shows up. He's wearing, what, combat boots, a duster. He's in vamp face just, like, driving his car around because all these things are just food. He doesn't care if they see him. And he's got a cigarette. Like, he is the baddest of badasses. Dave, he's wearing his only outfit. Like <laughs> That's <there's>, true. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see him wear a different outfit. <laughs> The idea that Spike would be wearing anything but that, it just sounds insane to me. So, Michaela, we had the master, T-Mast. Yeah. We now have James Marsters. Is that (laughs) J-Marst? Oh, that's hard to say. I mean, J-Mars is a lot easier to say. Nope, J-Marst. Oh, great. (laughs) It's decided. Probably call him Spikles. (laughs) Oh, Spikles. Delightful. So we see A.O., 
He's just chilling with a bunch of his vampire friends. How does he collect these vampires so quickly? How are they not all dead by now? Like, the other group he had was recently murdered by Buffy. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Very recently. Mm -hmm. And he's just, I don't know, he just draws vampires to him, I guess? He's super anointed, man. I guess. So he's got some jackass friend. Ugh. And again, you know it's a powerful and important vampire <laughs> because he's never named. Oh, so nameless. <laughs> so I've just referred to him as some jackass, capital <laughs> S, capital J. Some jackass actually seemed kind of familiar to me. But since he's not named, it was pretty hard to find out <laughs> who he's played by, and so I, I couldn't actually find out. Oh, damn, I thought that was leading to somewhere cool. No, the moral of the story is that none of the vampires have names or are really credited, even though mm -hmm. this guy had a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, St. Vigius will be at his most powerful or some shit on Saturday. And it's got some jackass pretty hyped. It's the spooky vampire holiday that they're all looking forward to. <laughs> Halloween! Whee! <laughs> no, no. They're not supposed to do things on Halloween. Actually, we'll get there. Ooh, I'm excited. You know how a lot of uh, a lot of TV shows will have, like, a Christmas episode? Yeah. Buffy tends to have a Halloween episode. Right. Right. I remember at least one of those. Yeah, because, it, I mean, it makes sense. Ooh, I remember two of them. <laughs> There's one where Buffy and Riley are just trapped having sex in a haunted mansion? That's not even a Halloween episode. What? <laughs> but that is one of the episodes that is worse than... <laughs> it is worse than I, Robot, you, Jane. Oh, no! <laughs> you stumbled upon one, Dave! Oh, no! <laughs> you Think about how you just described it. I mean, yeah, I didn't think it was a good episode. Uh, like, you just described the whole thing. <laughs> oh, no! Anyways. Anyways, some jackass is going to kill Buffy. But then Spike shows up and he's like, what's up? You say you're at the crucifixion, some jackass. That's complete lies. You are absolutely not that powerful or old. Spike is cool as hell. He's mm -hmm. all like, oh, I ate a flower person at Woodstock because I'm cool <laughs> as hell. I have to say that I love James Marsters. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And... Later on, after he's had a little bit more time to work on this accent, it's going to be amazing. Right? But right now, it's pretty bad. So I was like, wait, does Spike's <laughs> accent change as the seasons go on? Like, what's up with his you accent? You know what happens? He starts training with Anthony Stewart Head because Anthony Stewart Head is amazing. And actually British. <laughs> and, and yeah, and then he gets a good accent. So is James Marsters American? Have you never heard him talk with his real voice? Because it's disgusting. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is simply about a young girl. It is about a young girl trying to become a young woman. And the uh, vampires uh, and the demons are really just window dressing. I can't even listen to him talk with his stupid American voice. <sighs> Spike listener. does have a terrible accent, and he's also <laughs> speaking through vamp face, which is actually not doing terrible things for him. At this point, they've got yeah. it more figured out for speaking roles. And I mean, his acting through the vamp face is great. Remarkably good. No, it's, yeah. it's so good. I love that he calls Ao that anointed fella. <laughs> it's interesting. A lot of his dialogue, I don't know if it's real jossy or, or what it is. 
The way he speaks is definitely, there's something kind of interesting about it. Mm -hmm. We get to see the first vamp face to regular face transition on screen. I mean, and it was pretty good. They blew all of their effects budget on it because the rest of the episode, if we see a vampire get dusted, it's always off screen. You're right. They did blow all the money on it and it was worth it. Oh yeah, Yeah. for sure. It looks surprisingly good. But yeah, Drew Drew shows up. Oh, Drew. Now, Dave, I feel like you didn't really remember Drusilla very well. No, not at all. I guess this is sort of your first impression of her then. Yeah, she's like a creepy doll or creepy child that is the like, I can kill you with my mind sort of thing. Also, I can kill you with my brain. But real disturbing and clearly psychopathic. She's amazing, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, of course. She's wonderful. Oh, I love her as a character. She's amazing. She she walks in and she immediately knows that Ao has power just by mm-hmm. looking at him. And then she says some things about trying to see the Slayer and she can't because it's dark around her. So th- right. th- she has some like extra powers that vampires don't generally have. But it seems that she's been damaged in some way. Spike is very caring for her. And she is sort of PTSD wandering around, not all there. I mean, that's mostly just her. (laughs) Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was like the Prague incident or something. No, she's just like physically weak from that. Everything else that's happening is is pretty much on brand for Drusilla. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about Drusilla and Spike's relationship... Spike is super loving for Drew Drew, and Drew just, like, cuts his face and licks the blood up. She's into it. And I'm like, yeah, but this is the relationship that spawned a ton of emo fantasies, right? (laughs) Like, this scene, you know it's getting traded around some strange places on the web. I think most of the people who would be into this relationship would be women, and they're really probably more into, like, how much Spike clearly loves her, even mm-hmm. though they're both scary. He's like, yeah. Very, yeah, he's very attentive, very caring. And, you know, she's cold. He immediately puts his jacket on her and everything. This actually brings us to our first segment. Oh. Because we've met Spike, a.k.a. William the Bloody. <laughs> so now we have William the Studley. We commend the body of the great Amenthotep to the abode of the damned. The damned good looking... Hero commanded me to tell that joke at his funeral. <laughs> That's good. Yo, he is such a stud. He looking damn fine. Yeah, man. Once he's out of vamp face. <laughs> or I guess in vamp face if you're into that. I don't know. I was more into it when he is not vamp faced. I think that's probably the general feeling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. He's yeah. got a, like a cut over one of his eyes? That's, that's a scar that James Marsters has. Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool. I thought they might address it at some point, but it was just like, no, Spike's old. You know, shit happened. I think that eventually they'll put like a neat little thing in there when they do some like flashbacky stuff. Oh. But not overtly, just like, oh, here's a neat little thing. But yeah, no, that's just a scar that he already had. and It's super prominent. Yeah, no, it makes him look pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and very creepy. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he is a fine-looking fellow. We've got a lot of very attractive people in Buffy. I don't know. Most television shows do have a lot of attractive people, but I can't really think of someone that I'm like, oh, they're not great looking. Other than, like, Principal Snyder, who's... Oh, I was going to say Flutie. A and No, Peace Nye looks amazing. He's the best looking Ferengi on this show. <laughs> he 
He is the best Ferengi. I mean, we can't argue with that. Whenever I see his little teeth, I'm like, why do you have Ferengi teeth? <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> the rest of his life. Oh, peace nigh. He's just a Ferengi. Yeah. Anyway, Spike's going to kill Buffy. He can do it. He's a big, powerful vampire. He could actually kill her. It's all good. This whole, like, moment scene that Spike and Drew have where they're being all mushy together, everyone else in the room is just standing there watching this. I just feel like they're so uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes, they should be. But also, Spike put down some jackass. Oh, he punched him, yeah. Yeah, really quickly, so... I'm not sure they want to tangle with that. Well, and then he says something about seeing who has the biggest wrinklies, which was <laughs> disgusting. I think that's on brand for Spike. And then Spike wants to know whether or not Buffy is tough. Well, tough enough to have hair problems. <laughs> yeah, we cut to Buffy trying to brush her hair and be Ow. like, Ow. <laughs> In this scene, she basically is saying that her new cream rinse isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Do people use that term? I have no idea what that is. I thought you would. That's conditioner. Oh, I know what conditioner is. So Buffy's not doing great at school, and Joyce has just found out that it's parent-teacher night this week. Oh, Buffy was totally going to tell her, though, Dave. Mm -hmm. Totally. At some point, after Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) Buffy's being threatened with a good, solid grounding. And disappointment. Oh, disappointment. She's being threatened with disappointment more than anything. That's true. Now, this mail that Joyce got from the school about Mm -hmm. parent-teacher night, that again is them sending out information about anything other than students being murdered. (laughs) They're really good at informing the parents about the regular school things that are going down. And it's just, you know, in tiny font on the last page of the pamphlet (laughs) is murders this week. (laughs) Yeah. Only two. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a good week. Oh, boy. It's not going to get better. (laughs) Joyce again brings up how they had to move here because of Buffy's issues at the old school. (laughs) And and she's like, oh, I had to start a new new business here. And again, you're like, that sounds expensive. I can't even think about the money situation and how she's forged this new business from scratch. Right? Like, gallery's kind of a niche thing. It's so weird. I just want to point out that Buffy opens up her drawer of weapons. Right. And in there is, like, a mason jar with holy water carved into the glass. Those monks, who I assume made the holy water. (laughs) They're into it. They have a lot of... Hobbies, uh-huh. including glass carving. We get back to good characters because we see Jeep Man talking to J. Cal. And we love both of those people. Giles and Jenny Callender, for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> they are arguing. There's so much sexual tension. Oh, so very much. It's amazing. Giles makes reference to J. Cal surfing on her computer. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. He's using that lingo. <laughs> They're apparently arguing about when exactly the Feast of St. Vigius is. Because that only happens rarely, I guess. I kind of felt like it happened every year. But I don't know where I got that from. I think it's because I called it a spooky vampire holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, like, that's, that comes around every year, right? Oh, we get a really nice thing because finally, finally, someone is talking about vampires and slaying and a civilian comes in to hear them. This hasn't happened in, like, a season. Right? Yeah, no, I guess... Oh, no, I was just going to say something cruel about Peace Snide's ears. (laughs) (laughs) 
those Ferengi ears are good at hearing, because he is the one overhearing Giles say that Buffy is the slay slave. You're all slaves to the consumer world or something. Television. Television, of course. Yeah. And he brushes this off, as most people do. Giles and Jake Hal kind of scurry away, because they're afraid of him, too. <laughs> I mean, Giles doesn't want to get stuck with another talent show. <laughs> right. He's been burned once. It's true. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, Peace Knight is not very happy that Willow and Xander are helping Buffy out with these decorations that she's making. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Sheila isn't here. And Buffy's like, oh, no, no, no. She just stepped out. She's come, come back with some paint to, you know, cover for Sheila because Buffy's a not terrible person. She has no reason to. She's not going to be a snitch. Like, that's ridiculous. I think she has reason to. This is above and beyond. I guess. If you're facing expulsion against this other person. In the context of this reality show (laughs) where one person's getting expelled. She should absolutely send Sheila away and then call Peace Nyan and be like she never showed up. Yeah, she should be ratting super hard on on Sheila. Oh, yeah. But she's not because she's a hero. Yeah. Sheila does show up, though, right as Mm -hmm. Buffy's talking about it. And she's so clearly... She's so clearly hungover. Yeah. She has to be hungover. It's, like, evening. (laughs) Like, after school is the impression I got. Dark sunglasses. (laughs) She's... She slept until four. It's fine. That's a hell of a bender. Sheila is a party animal. She goes to some sketchy bar named The Fish Tank. <laughs> Forget mm. what Willow says. Willow knows a surprising amount about Sheila's life, which I found to be interesting. <laughs> There's so much exposition in this episode for it having so much fighting happening. Yeah, there is a lot of exposition. We'll get to that. Buffy's like, oh, no, I can't go to the bronze, that place that we always go, because I got to study. Because all of the things in my life are falling apart and vampires are somehow the least important thing. And they're just like, study at the bronze. It'll be fine. She's like, that's a great idea. Oh, God. And then we cut to her speaking French. I can't speak French very well anymore. How bad her French was. You could hear it. Yeah. What of it I understood. <laughs> Like, I think the word she said at the end was Thursday? Yes, it was. But it didn't and sound Willow like... provides a helpful translation. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Thursday. Yeah. Anyways. Or should he? Yeah, no. There's like an R sound in it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Sanders being there, he's like, why are you studying? That's clearly not actually going to happen here. I just lied to get you here and have fun. And Buffy's like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Xander's wearing a pretty heavy sweater for all the dancing he's doing. I have to imagine that he is just boiling. Hey man, California, you need a sweater all of the time. It's never warm. (laughs) Buffy's wearing a halter top. (laughs) Right? Yeah. We're getting into halter tops. That's good. We're going to probably see a lot of those. Mm, I think as we move away from crop tops, we're getting more into halter tops. So that's good. (laughs) Nice. Spike's at the bronze. He's pulling an angel. (laughs) Except that his creeping is a thousand times more obvious. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, he's just like creeping around the bronze, (laughs) staring at Buffy. And I'm like, have I seen this before? (laughs) He's creeping really hard. And then Mm -hmm. he uh, has a clever plan to test Buffy out. Look at her, you know, her fighting style. Right. Gets one of his vampire friends to uh, try to kill a girl in an alley. (laughs) The classic, 
classic faint. Yep. Is this some jackass? I think so. I think it is some jackass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he goes up to some guy near Buffy and is talking loudly about how some guy is trying to bite some girl in an alley. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Did you notice the guy who he's talking to? I noticed that he doesn't really give a shit about Spike. (laughs) He's just laughing and and smiling and dancing. And you're kind of like, the information that man just told you is kind of horrific. Like, shouted at you. Because Buffy needs to overhear it. So yeah, he said it really loud, and the guy's just like, do-do-do, not my problem. This is Sunnydale. Yeah, basically. We don't save people from alleys. Buffy runs outside and, yeah, starts to save the girl. She's like, man, I really wish I had a steak right now. Great scene of Xander going through <laughs> Buffy's purse to try to find a steak. So funny. He pulls out the yo-yo, so that's callback to that yep. episode I think in this season where she was yo-yoing on a grave. Yo-yos are so in right now. Very in. I think that might have been last episode. That seems like an eternity ago, but I think you might be right. <laughs> Next thing he finds is a tampon. Yeah! <laughs> and his reaction to it. It's so good. Like, he examines it, realizes what he's holding, <laughs> and then flings it away in terror. He's just absolutely horrified by the fact that he's touched a tampon. It's amazing. Oh, it's so good. And then finds the steak, brings it out, and Buffy stakes some jackass. And I'm like, oh, he was important. So before she kills him, he's like, Spike, help me out. Oh, God. Yeah, he can't even die right. <laughs> he gives away the, the whole game. Oh, so Spike comes up and gives Buffy a standing ovation the for having killed this guy. Clap, yep. <laughs> And she's like, who are you? And you're like, he's Spike. That guy just said it. (laughs) Pay attention, Buffy. (laughs) But he's like, doesn't matter who I am. I'll see you on St. Vigius. And then he just walks away slowly (laughs) and Buffy watches him go. (laughs) What? Obviously, he's a vampire. (laughs) What? You're just going to let him leave? Fight him. That's what you do. Punch him. Nope. He just leaves. Ugh, we get Sheila leaving the fish tank or Uh, whatever. This is a really uh, uncomfortable scene for me. She's 16, I'm assuming. Conservatively, yeah. I mean, maybe she's a little bit older. Mm -hmm. She's failed a bunch of times. There's no way she's 18. Oh, yeah. No. So she's got two guys. Two men? And she's heard... Yeah, that's true. They're (laughs) men. She's heard that they have a Cadillac, and she's talking about how cads... Get her really going. And Spike shows up to save her from the creepy guys. And I'm like, this is an improvement. You know, it kind of is. Yeah. Although it, it seemed like she was on board with the situation she was in. Not that that makes it okay. She really likes bad boys. She, Yeah, because basically Spike gets rid of the two dudes. And she's like, oh, where'd they go? And then Spike's like, I'm way better than them. And she's like, cool. Oh, I'll leave with you now. Wait up. <laughs> and, yeah. and then as she walks away... It shows you where the guys are that Spike knocked out. (laughs) How are they there? They were in front of her. Why did you put them there in the shot? Like, how did she not see those those bodies? Well, whatever they are, they might just be knocked out, actually. But how could she not see them? Knowing Spike? It makes no sense at all. We get to the Council of the Nerds. (laughs) And this is like, oh, man. The the Scoobies love spending time in the library, right? I mean, where else are they going to do their research? Where else is Giles ever going to agree to spend time? That's where all the books are. It's a good set. Yes, it is. Angie shows up because he's just got exposition about Spike that he feels he needs to deliver. But, like, he he doesn't tell them anything about Spike. (laughs) 
<laughs> Certainly nothing useful. He says like 30 seconds worth of cryptic shit and then disappears. And then Giles eventually finds <laughs> Spike in a book. Like, <laughs> he didn't even tell them Spike's name. He told where them. Where to look. He just was like, oh, once Spike starts doing something, he doesn't quit. And you're like, yeah. That's super useless. That's a good start. Let's let's expand. Him and Buffy have a, also have a super weird conversation to have in front of a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you saying there's some stuff there that might not be resolved? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I am saying that. I mean, she brings up Angel's age again, and Willow does some great <laughs> quick math. And then gets horrified, because... Yes, it's a horrifying it's... thing. He shouldn't be dating her. Why do they keep bringing up his age? So the cinematography in this show, generally all right if very dark yeah and oh man later in this episode it gets so dark oh yeah there's no contrast at all it's just black for this scene though i don't know who was filming but they've got terrible focus (laughs) like buffy's just blurry she's the only thing in shot and she's entirely blurry like how did you even manage that i don't know so they all get uh they all get batman (laughs) g'd this this brings us into our next segment (laughs) Na 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 Batmanji. Where are you, Batman? Right here. How do you do that? Is it a vent? Is there a big gaping vent? Because yeah, while they're talking amongst themselves, they say something like, "Isn't that right, Angel?" And he's just gone. The door swinging, and you're like, "No! Why are you actually taking your plays from Batman?" You're telling me at least one of them didn't notice him calmly walking away? (laughs) (laughs) Is there- is there a vent up there? Is it a big vent? (laughs) Oh god, yeah, it's so dumb and (laughs) so strange. Like, what did he show up for? I don't know. He's barely there at all! (laughs) Xander suggests putting a bell on Angel, which A, really not a bad idea. B, sort of plays into the whole Xander wants Angel aspect. Oh. He wants to dress Angel up all the ways. So it's like a weird fetish thing. Yeah, probably. Good. Why is Angel so Batman? I don't remember this at all. (laughs) How is he Batman? I don't know. It's a strange choice for them to make. Like, because they had to, for some reason, decide that Angel was the knight and that (laughs) he would always just be disappearing. It adds to his mystique? I don't know. I'm just expecting him to come in at one point and be like, My parents are dead! (laughs) Quick, to the angel mobile! (laughs) Quick, Xander, hand me the (laughs) anti-vampire angel spray! Xander would be a good Robin, though. He'd be a great Robin for Angel, (laughs) are you kidding? Oh, jeez. I guess Angel lives really close to this school. Which just always happens. He's always there. Everything is really close to this school, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not a big town. No. I wonder if anyone has, like, through watching this show, kind of come up with, like, a map of (laughs) where things are in relation to one another. (laughs) It's just one dot, and it says everything (laughs) here. Oh, God. We get a nice scene of Drew being the crayest of crays. She's just chilling with her sweet dolls. And her sweet Spike. And their tied up bit of food as they flirt and almost have sex. <laughs> yeah, Spike is still doing that whole caring thing. And it's horrific because mm. he's talking about a person like they're not a person. They're just being vampires, right? I mean, to him, 
Sheila is food. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's been brought back here. She is just food. She isn't a person to Spike. And it plays really well to that. It does. Uh, now we have the Council of Nerds getting ready for a big fight. Because they know that Spike is William the Bloody. Angel gave them all that important information. They're like, oh, Feast of St. Vigius. They're all going to be super powerful. We need to get ready. So Willow's training with a crossbow. And by that, I mean pointing it recklessly around at all of her friends. Giles is horrified by this, as he should be. <laughs> he, like, points it up towards the ceiling and Willow's like, ah. Come on, what's the worst I could do? It's got like three bolts in it, I swear. At <laughs> least one. They're just spare. Yeah. They're spare. It's loaded though, right? Cordy is just part of the Scoobies now, I guess. We're halfway into the episode. And up to this point, I was kind of like, I wonder where Cordy is. Is she going to show up? She's here. I guess that's what they thought too. We better put Cordy in. <laughs> Carving a steak. She's looking real good. Her arms look amazing. She's wearing a really nice dress. Yeah. It's like, it's, I think of it as like Asian inspired. I'm not sure if that's correct. It was correct. kind of kimono-y like vibe. Yeah. I was getting that. Maybe mm -hmm. just the material. Right. No, but yeah, she shows up and she's just on board for helping them make weapons for Saturday. And like she's complaining about it, but. Yeah. I don't she, know why she's there. She's still there. She has friends. She's so popular. Listen. Go hang out with Harmony. The more times that she's just there for no reason, the more we're going to accept it. <laughs> okay? Oh, yeah. That's basically what's yeah. happening. We're getting gaslighted. <laughs> Cordelia's always been a part of the group, Dave. What oh, are you talking about? of course. About? I, how clumsy of me to forget. <laughs> she says some great things. Oh, she like, does. even slaves get minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> She also has a good line about having a leg wax on Saturday, and that's why she can't come to, uh... <laughs> to see Buffy, Buffy die. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, God. Yeah, and Buffy's preparing. She's chopping vegetables with a machete. It's good. It's all good stuff. Because <laughs> she's focused on parent-teacher night. This is Thursday, and she has to play the classic game of keep my mother away from peace and I so that I don't get expelled. What a fun game it's going to be. Willow has got a sort of green bag dress happening. <laughs> it's not as it's, baggy mm. as I'm making it sound, but it's not super flattering. No, and then no, no, uh, no. she's got whenever she wears like a dress or a skirt, always tights she has on as well for some reason. And mm. sneakers, I think probably just to again inexplicably make her look much younger. Buffy doesn't understand how lemonade works. <laughs> lemonade. I made it fresh and everything. How much sugar did you use? Sugar? Sugar? That's a classic Buffy line that, like, gets Cordelia her comeuppance at some point. Like, it it's definitely does strange. come back. And you're sort of like, that was a nice little thing for them to go back around to. Well, because <laughs> uh -huh. Cordelia starts being mean to Buffy again. And <laughs> you're like, this is confusing. <laughs> she hangs out with them voluntarily, but still hates all of them and doing all of the work that she has to do there. And, yeah, she's making fun of Buffy's appearance. Like, her skin and stuff. Yeah. Although, she does make a good point that Joyce is looking fly as hell. Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joyce needs to get with Giles before J. Cal snaps that up. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that Joyce can't give J. Cal a run for her money. I mean, J. Cal's looking great, and she's also, like, 35. She's got a decade on Joyce, well, this is, right? this is the thing, and I mean... Even with the whole computer thing, Jake Hal and Giles have a lot more in common, I would say. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Books and art, those are both boring. And they both like Buffy a lot. <laughs> so that's not a weird <laughs> they thing. They can bond over to that. Bond over. Yeah. 
they like her but are also disappointed in her. Oh, I mean, Giles was pretty pissed when she was more interested in the parent-teacher night than the St. Vigius night. He should be. <laughs> That's a major threat to their town. But you know what? It's all going to work out for Giles. <laughs> oh, it will. Despite Willow's valiant efforts to keep Joyce away from Peace Night, he manages to find her. Mm-hmm. Buffy's in trouble. Oh, no. Cordelia makes a joke about how long she'll be grounded for. And then when Joyce eventually comes out of the meeting with Peace Night, she's obviously pissed at mm-hmm. Buffy. And Peace Night is super triumphant. He shuts off the lights. <laughs> Who knows why? On parent-teacher man. night with a ton of extras in the <laughs> foreground. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Parents and teachers are milling around, and he's just like, my work is done. Shuts off the lights for the school. I think that the vampires bursting through the window would have looked really dumb with the lights on. So that was was the only reason I could think of why he did that. Have him say something like, all right, everyone, bye, and then do it. He's just silently judging Buffy as he switches the lights off. Well, so, okay, now that he's had his meeting with Joyce, like, is that the end of the evening? Because For him it is. Because Joyce is basically like, get in the car, we're leaving. He's turning the lights off. It really seemed to me like, yeah, now that he's met up with Joyce, that's it. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Sheila's parents didn't even come. Sheila hasn't right. showed up yet. Nope. How does she not just automatically lose? I have no Buffy's idea. Buffy's here making terrible lemonade for everyone. But none of this matters because, finally, we get to a very long action scene. Yeah. Spike bursts through the window. Havoc starts being wreaked. It's all happening. It's all exciting. It's all action-y. And yeah, we get into, like, what, 15 minutes of, like, the school being invaded and vampires just wrecking shit up. How does Spike know about parent-teacher night? I don't. Everyone knows everything. (laughs) Right, okay. Moving on. He probably talked to Angel. (laughs) Yeah, who knows, right? This is a very, very Spike thing to do. He's just like, "Mm, I'm bored. I don't want to wait till Saturday. I'm going to go attack them now. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good idea. It's super on brand for Spike. Oh. So good. I mean, it's such a terrible idea, obviously. It's the worst. But yeah, no, he's not a patient man. God, no. He's very impulsive, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Everyone's getting split up. People are all worried. Basically, the cast is separated with a bunch of people in a bunch of different rooms. And I think Giles mentions in here to Buffy at some point, like, only you can save the planet. (laughs) How true is that? Well, I'm going to say not, because we see a lot of people in this episode do a lot of planet saving (laughs) that are not Buffy. And increasingly through the series, like, she's the Slayer, only you can fight the vampires. Yeah, but Giles, you pick up an axe. Willow's got a crossbow. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Angel is a vampire who fights vampires. Right. So, yeah. Like, you're alone. You have to do this by yourself. No. It's imperative that you're around to do it. But no, it's not. You're just lying to her. She has the mystical powers. Yeah, and, so and those are important. She's best equipped, I guess, to fight the vampires. But if you train an army of civilians to be vampire hunters, they can do some damage. Yeah, they're going to do okay, especially if they've got a lot of crosses. Because as we know, mm-hmm. crosses are OP. Super OP. Anyway, Spike kills an extra. He means business. The vampire that he's hanging out with looks oddly upset that Spike <laughs> just killed a man. That's well, waste of food, right? He's like, hey, there are starving vampires in Africa that could have used that body. (laughs) So after Giles and Jake, Hal, and Xander barricade themselves in the library. Yeah. And I I think I might have brought this up before, but don't the library doors 
Don't they swing? Don't they open <laughs> both ways? Oh. Oh, I thought you were going in a different direction. I thought you were going in the, hey, Xander, get out of the library through the other exit direction. So, right, there's that, the secret exit in the stacks. But no, no, yeah. no, because think about when Angel left the library. Oh my god, they were swinging. And there was a swinging door, <laughs> because they opened both ways. <laughs> yeah, but vampires are real dumb. So, I suppose, like, if you jam something through both of the handles and then they can't pull them, then they would have to try to push. Hmm. But still. They've barricaded. They've done a super good job and nothing could ever go wrong with no. this. Nothing does. And yeah, Xander has to go out and find Angel. He's like, oh, my true love. Yeah, he just has to go find Angel. He has no <laughs> other choice in the matter. Someone has right. to go. It has to be him. Suspicious? I think so. <laughs> we get a great line from Peace Nye about how it must be PCP. <laughs> they're again. <laughs> Their faces are all fucked up because they're on PCP. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's kind of trapped with a couple parents, including Joyce. And they're not handling it well. They've also been trapped with Buffy. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to go into the ceiling. <laughs> and Joyce isn't uh, super pumped about this, but she's like... But she doesn't stop her. Yeah. She just lets it happen. I would not be okay with this in her situation. Yeah. Good job, Joyce. You're the parent of the year. Like, Buffy has been a good leader, and it does seem like she knows what she's doing. She's kept her head in this trying mm -hmm. situation. But With a gang war. There's that, and then there's, oh, by the way, I'm just going to go up into that ceiling. No big deal. <laughs> That's reasonable. Stay here. Don't move. So Xander's left to go get Angel. Giles picks up an axe because he's like, I need to go save Joyce, my one true love. <laughs> J-Cal, stay here. <laughs> J. Cal is hurt by this, but she understands. Obviously. She knows true love when she sees it. <laughs> Man, this fanfic. Uh. We see one of the teachers that's trapped in with Joyce and Peace Nye get totally aliened out of the window. <laughs> he's like climbing through some the window after he's pried the boards off of it and just gets pulled out face first. Uh, really cathartic. I really wanted to see that happen. I mean, he deserved it. Not that I'm saying he needed to die, but they didn't <laughs> listen to Buffy. This is where it got them. This was super dumb. There are so many vampires in the school and around it. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be if they failed to kill a bunch of kids and the Slayer? I mean, they're not doing anything. They're just like they really kind of aren't. milling around. They're really bad at getting through doors. They're so bad at getting through doors. But they're just the friggin' doors. Like, the guy has an axe, and it's taking <laughs> taking him so long to get through the door. It's just a door. I don't even know how. Xander shows up with Angel. His best friend slash life partner. This is a fun scene that, well, I mean, it's real fun for Xander. Is this where uh, Angel has Xander in a headlock? Yeah. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay, this brings us into our next segment. Good. Guy love. And sometimes it's easier to hide and explain our guy love. That's all it is. Guy love. He's mine, I'm his. <laughs> It's guy love between two guys. Yeah. So we've danced around the topic, listeners. We've been coy. We've made suggestions this way. But I think it's time to come clean. I believe there might be something between Xander and Angel. You what? He's a 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 what? You what? He's a music man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Angel has this plan to, like, 
the trick. Get in good with yeah. Spike. Ooh. And he's just like, Xander, come here. And puts him in a headlock. And Xander's like, ooh, nice. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, he's, he's just thrilled to be so close to Angie. And I am so on board to ship this as hard as I can. Right. And <sighs> uh, as you should be, because it, it's the real message here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and call him Angel in this scene. Because yeah. he decides he wants to trick Spike. And he starts mm-hmm. to be a lot more angely than we have seen thus far. Yes. Less cryptic, more direct, less mopey, more action hero-y. You're like, is Spike buying this? Doesn't seem like he really is. Spike and Angel clearly have a history. They are good friends, apparently. Yeah, BFFs. And Spike's like, you haven't called in so long. Who's this guy? You're not with him, right? <laughs> Angel's like, oh, no, no, no. No. He's just, <laughs> this is he's food. just food. Don't worry. Why don't we yeah. share him? Won't that be nice? Just like old times. It's so nice. They go in for the double neck bite on Xander, and then Spike just sucker punches Angel. (laughs) Which, this is the best part, was part of the plan. Yeah, apparently. I love it. Yeah, so uh, apparently Spike's not super thrilled with Angel going soft. (laughs) I mean, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, we will. So, okay, I'm not sure if this is even a Buffy thing, but generally, like, male vampires do kind of tend to bite women and vice versa. Mm. And I think there is sort of like a weird sexual undertone. So then I'm like, Spike and Angel, like biting Xander together, is like the most (laughs) homoerotic thing. The fanfic writes itself, (laughs) Michaela. It really does. It really does. Uh, Yeah, so Spike gets all pissed. We learned that Angel sired Spike, it's which I had true. called earlier. It's really not. What? That's, uh, it's not directly true. What? <laughs> he said it. Okay, so earlier in the episode, I was like, wait a minute. Didn't Angel sire Spike? No. <laughs> and then it got confirmed here. I was like, ah, oh, I remembered a thing. And now you're telling me this bullshit? Like, he's his grandsire. What is that? The fuck? No, that doesn't count. Spike says the words... You sired me, man. You were my sire, man. You were my Yoda. And he's wrong. (laughs) God damn it. Anyway, he refers to to Angel as his Yoda and Uncle Tom. (laughs) So we see that Spike has a fun collection of pop culture references to make. He still wants to live in the world of today. He ends up watching a lot of television, I think. I think he does. So he's pissed at Angel. A bunch of vampires chase Angel and Xander away. Sheila shows up at some point and is being all buddy-buddy with Buffy, but then obviously she's a vampire, but Buffy gets warned in time and Sheila runs away. Never to be seen again? Never to be seen again. Probably never. You're like, why didn't she just kill her if this is never going to come up? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I know exactly what what happens when I see someone run away in this show. (laughs) That's that. Like, oh yeah, you'll be back. So I wonder if it was because... Buffy was uncomfortable killing somebody, I mean, a vampire who was very recently someone she knew. I think she was just out of stakes at that point. Potentially. Because she had just staked the guy that was trying to get through the door. Sheila runs away and then Buffy and Spike have their showdown. Two combatants enter. Only one can leave. Spike has brought up this whole I've killed some slayers thing so many times this episode. (laughs) Hey, Michaela, did you know that Spike has killed two Slayers before? Two Slayers? Dave, that seems high. In 200 years. Wow. Actually, I think he killed both in the last hundred is what Giles said. Oh, wow. It's pretty impressive. This is what I'm talking about, though. You just get more Slayers. What's the good of even (laughs) killing one? I think from the vampire's perspective, 
you want to disable the Slayer, but leave her alive. That's horrific and very true. Like, capture the Slayer and just never let her die? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You want her to live as long as she can. Right, And right, she's locked right. up. What uh-huh. a horrible thing to think about. Apparently all these vampires are too dumb to think of it. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Buffy and Spike have a fun little fight, and then a third combatant enters, <laughs> ruining my entire equation. Yeah. Fuck. Joyce smacks Spike on the back of the head with the flat of the axe, because from her perspective, this is just a guy attacking her daughter, and she doesn't want to kill him. So she's happy to axe him, but gently. I mean, that's yeah. as gentle as you're going to axe somebody, I would say. <laughs> Apparently Spike sees this and is like, fuck, a slayer and a middle-aged woman? <laughs> Too much! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much. I'm out. <laughs> Need some Vigius strength for this shit. Yeah, I mean, go Joyce. Like, do you? <laughs> yeah, go Joyce. But also, Spike, you shouldn't be intimidated by this. All of the other vampires have kind of disappeared at this point. <laughs> They're super incompetent. They really are. It's probably a good call on his part to run away. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he's like, oh, women. And you're like, what does that have to do with anything that just happened? <laughs> the- <laughs> Nothing? You got nothing? <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, boy. So that's that's basically the end of the Price episode. We got a nice little nice little button on it, or a fake-out button. Sure. We see that J. Cal and Giles are still dating. <laughs> still adorable. And they've, yeah, they've totally made up. <laughs> Xander and Angie have a touching scene. <laughs> Just a beautiful scene together in which... More sexual Angel tension, says, right? Yeah. Xander's like, so what was the plan there? You weren't going to let him bite me. He's like, eh, <laughs> I was going to play it by ear. <laughs> what? You know how people like to flirt with each other by pretending that they're <laughs> going to let someone potentially kill them? Oh, classic. Then we have something that might be the most confusing thing I've seen in Buffy so far. This is a scene in which Principal Snyder is talking to the sheriff or some city official. Yeah. Possibly the mayor. Who knows? And they're like, ah, another one, eh? And make all these cryptic references to, like, suggest that they know exactly what the fuck is going on. And, you know, they're like, oh, same old story. Yeah, gang violence, PCP, because that's their their go-to thing. So it's reasonable that the authority figures of this town... (laughs) Have put two and two together? (laughs) Yeah, but... I would really hope so. The fact that they need to hide it from the general populace who have not Why? put two and two together? Why would you hush it up? It's confusing. It's so bizarre. Oh, oh god, this was my favorite. If this episode had ended here, it would have been one of the all-time great endings to an episode. Because <laughs> we zoom back into the school and see that Cordy and Willow, who have been trapped in a mop closet for the entire siege of the school, are still in there and don't know that it's over. <laughs> Uh, and Willow looks very annoyed. Cordelia is praying to whatever god will have her. <laughs> I love that they just forgot about them. That's <laughs> uh, so yeah. good. I think this is a good second last scene, and the last scene is also good. Oh, yeah. I was just really hyped for it to be the button. (laughs) If it's not, that's okay. Because the last scene we get is also pretty great. We see Spike and Drew, and they're always adorable-ish. Whatever it is they're doing, it works for them, for sure. This was the first time I noticed that there was a large cage (laughs) in wherever Ao is. I think it was there the whole time. I think so. But in this scene, you see Spike and Drew 
and a fixed background behind them, and then the cage beside them, and it's swinging gently. So it looks like the entire shot is off steady, but it's then you can figure out that it's just the cage. Right. And you're like, wait, there's a giant cage? Why? It's person-sized. In this shot, I was more fixated on the very suspicious shaft of light coming in at the top of the warehouse. Well, Michaela, <laughs> by your power and mine combined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ao oh, is is mad, or him and the vampires are mad about Spike's impatience. Spike uh, refers to him as the annoying one, which ah! <laughs> it's great. He can keep his monogrammed stuff, though. Yeah, no, it works out. And yeah, so Spike pretends to be sorry, but he's not. No, God, <laughs> not no. sorry at all. Spike doesn't know remorse. <laughs> like that's that's so not his character. He's there to have a good time and fuck some shit mm, up. Hell yeah. He's pretty pissed at Ao, so he just grabs him, shoves him into the person-sized cage that's conveniently there, and then hoists it up into the shaft of sunlight that's coming into this place, bringing us to our final segment, Should I stay O or should I Ao? <laughs> Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? See, now I wrote down AO is no mo. <laughs> so I think we were on the same general page here. Yeah. Yeah, we got the same sort of thing. I think this is as good of a way as they had for Spike to murder a child <laughs> and, like, not have it be as horrific as I just made it sound. Yeah, fair. Because I didn't even think of it as that. I just said that he daylights AO. So, sure, he's not an actual child, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Mm -hmm. But he still looks like one, and Spike wants to get rid of him. In a way that is not horrific to the audience. Let's just have a brief moment of remembrance for Ao and his 10-episode stint, where he wasn't featured in every one of those 10 episodes. He did okay. Yeah. Ao okay Ah, oh, <laughs> yes. But he was, he was a nice little villain, you know? He was fun. He didn't do particularly many things. He was more like a focal point for other vampires. Many of whom were not named. <laughs> and I mean, once you bring Spike in and Drew, you're like, man, these characters are dynamic and exciting. Better get rid of that <laughs> annoying little dude who doesn't actually do anything. I think it was the right choice. Oh, it was. And yeah, God, if they had had another set of stupid vampires just coming in and talking to Ao and not having names and uh, I could not have stomached that. <laughs> so I'm glad that doesn't happen. But poor little fellow. Yeah. Pour one out for Ao. Yeah, he had a good run. He lasted longer. Well, no, I was going to say he lasted longer than the master, but number of episodes wise, they're probably kind of close. It's so Ao was introduced in episode five. This is season two, episode three. So that's 10 episodes between his introduction and death. And then master had 12. I guess. Yeah. But mm -hmm. In terms of screen time. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> Less good handwork from Ao though. Well. Mm -hmm. Could have really picked really that up. Really from anyone who's not the master there's going to be subpar handwork we've seen the best that's true now we just have the rest <laughs> and that's yeah that's it we did it mm -hmm. uh it, that was a fun episode and a half oh, a lot of what's going on is very exciting yeah lots of peace mm -hmm. night lots of spike, lots of spike, and, spike drew. and drew which is always good i have some things to break to you about the next episode unfortunately <laughs> but before we get there i should pick an outfit oh yes outfit of the episode in terms of for the era that halter that Buffy's wearing is pretty great, as is that tank top that you were very put off by. 
Willow's so cool ensemble at the parent-teacher night is also amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with the first purple Buffy shirt. Yeah. yeah. Just in terms mm-hmm. of, of, yeah, representing the era. Right, so the next episode. <laughs> Onwards and upwards, uh, only going up from here. <laughs> it's called Inca Mummy Girl. Oh, Dave. Oh, God. <laughs> are you, okay, are you... so I saw Suicide Squad this summer. Right, sure. I'm pretty sure it's that. <laughs> it, this is just going to be Cara Delevingne wandering around as an eight-year-old, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, she would have been younger. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Do you know that the kid playing Ao is actually two years older than me? Like, like in oh. real life. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, because this show's about twenty years old. Yeah, he's born in eighty-seven. Oh Blowing wow! Your damn mind, I know. Okay, so Inca Mummy right. Girl, right, right. Worth expecting good things. Uh, uh. I, I'm guessing from the title of the episode that it's about an ancient Inca curse, which doesn't sound good. But I don't have any recollection of why it would be bad in particular. So let's say that there's a girl who's a mummy, but somehow gets revived and is walking around mm. looking like a regular person, but with a dark secret. Turns out it's Cordy. <laughs> no, I have no idea what's going to happen. It'll be a wild ride, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you that. You should be. <laughs> I'm sure it'll have lots of peace and I. Angel and Xander, Spike and Drusilla, all the good characters. It has one very exciting thing. I'm not going to tell you what it okay. is, but I think you'll notice it when it happens. <laughs> all right. <laughs> as vague as I can possibly be. Well, that's it for us here at Welcome to the Hellmouth for this week. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com or welcomehellmouthpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in contact with Michaela or I personally about things that we said in the course of the show, you can reach out on MSN Messenger. Mm-hmm. I'm HTML at Hotmail.com. Michaela? I am Star Tilda Star, Princess Cutie Angel, Star <laughs> Tilda Star. <laughs> oh, that brought back too many things. It's too real. It's too real. You said MSN, and I was like, hot damn, I've got this. <laughs> Make sure to hashtag all those messages, welcome to the Hellmouth, so we know you came from the show. Or you can find this episode for reels this time on reddit.com slash r slash Buffy, where we post every two weeks. Oh no, I can't recover from that MSN. Oh. Until next time, farewell from the Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.